from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I am Danny Burke, your host, and as always, we are broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. What do we have lined up for the next hour? Well, let me tell you, 15 minutes from now, we're going to be joined by Frank Hanrahan, host of the DC City Cast, his take on the new name for, well, previously the Washington football team. Now the Commanders. How does he feel about that? What does he think the future is going to consist of for this team heading into the draft? And, of course, we'll talk the Capitals game tonight with Frank and also some Washington Wizards basketball. So all things D.C. in 15 minutes from Frank. A very bright mind when it comes to betting, especially in the D.C. area. Same kind of ordeal, but how about out on the West Coast with our very own Danielle Elvari, host of the Los Angeles City Cast. She'll give us her thoughts on Anthony Davis's injury. Now, we know this Lakers team was already struggling, but what is this going to add fuel to the firewise and in hopes of them getting into the postseason this year. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Clippers and really how she celebrated post-victory for the Rams out there on the West Coast. But end of the show, you know how we typically do. We're going to be doing Danny's Dimes, a couple of plays. I've got one player prop in the NBA and one play on the ice with hockey. So a lot to look forward to on the show. But I did want to begin things looking in the conversation again of some NBA futures. Now, it's not going to be me ranting on DeMar DeRozan and MVP once again. I'm sure you've heard me do that plenty, but he did break the record of Will Chamberlain. Just saying. I'm just saying. But I did want to talk in the similar region of the Chicago Bulls, more so in the Central Division winner odds. Now, I'm looking through all these odds at Bet Rivers because I'm trying to find a good region to find some competing value. Right. And really, to me, aside from NBA championship odds, Eastern Conference finals, Western Conference finals, which we'll have plenty of time to discuss. I think this one is really the most competitive as of this moment. So if you look at these odds to come out on top of the central division, the Bucks are the favorite here. Minus 167. Then come the Chicago Bulls at about plus 230. After the Bulls, the Cavaliers are three to one. Then you got the Pistons and Pacers. Don't matter. They're 500 to one. Let's look at these Eastern Conference standings as of this moment. Now, before Miami and before Milwaukee have their games tonight, 
we know that the Bulls are technically at the top of the Eastern Conference with a record of 38-21. and 21. A half game back from them come the Miami Heat at 37-21. and 21. But in terms of Central Division opponents, the Bucks are 36-23. and 23. That puts them two games behind the Bulls. And right behind Milwaukee, then you get the Cleveland Cavaliers two and a half games back with a record of 35 and 23. So you look at this and you go, okay, well, the Bulls are a couple games up heading into the All-Star break. They're plus 230. Could that be worth the play? Well, first and foremost, let's talk about the one time these two teams met this past season and or this current season, excuse me, in the past. That was January 21st. Now, if you remember, this was a closely contested game. The Bucks did get the win 94 to 90, but the Bulls were playing with an even more depleted team that they consistently have been as of late. And we know how banged up they have been. Here was their starting lineup that game. You had Nikola Vucevic, Kobe White, Io DeSumo. DeMar DeRozan, and Tyler Cook. I would probably bet a majority of you do not know who Tyler Cook is. On the bench, you had Malcolm Hill. Uh, you also had Matt Thomas. You didn't have Bradley, and you didn't have McKinney either. So really, this team, and you had Troy Brown Jr. He was in on the bench, but you really had no depth whatsoever that game. Milwaukee had their usual, typical full roster. And the Bulls managed to keep in that game and only lose by four. Now, and also they had Alex Caruso. But in that game, Alex Caruso, that's where Grayson Allen had the dirty hit on him. And right when Caruso came back from injury, and then he injured his wrist, and now he was out, of course, for six to eight weeks once again. So the Bulls are certainly going to have incentive the next time they meet, which is going to be March 4th at Chicago. The Bulls will be ready to go for that one. The UC will be rowdy, no doubt about it. But my point is here, and I know you can't just take it from one game sample size, but if you could envision this Bulls team being healthy, based on what we saw at least that first go around with Milwaukee, this team can obviously compete with them on just a individual game basis. I'm not saying if they did a seven-game series that the Bulls would win, but I do think in the regular season the Bulls could give them a run for their money. And not only just against one another, and they are going to face each other three more times, but based on the remaining schedule that we see between these two teams. So just looking at it, we're speculating from now what could be a tough matchup. Certainly things are going to change on a game-to-game -game basis. But he got a tough game tonight from Milwaukee before they head to the All-Star break. They're taking on the Sixers. Of course, that's not going to be an easy battle. Looking further post-All-Star break, he got some tough matchups with Brooklyn, and it's going to be in Milwaukee, so Kyrie presumably will play in that game. Some other tough matchups for the Bucks the remainder of the season, and these are tough matchups that I am just claiming as tough opponents. So you got Miami at home. You're on the road against Chicago. You got the Suns at home. You're on the road against Golden State in Salt Lake City against the Jazz. Chicago again on the road against John Morant and the Grizzlies. On the road against Joel Embiid and the Sixers. On the road against Brooklyn. Who knows? Maybe they're a little bit healthier. You get Dallas at home. Probably a winnable game, but we'll see how Luka performs. On the road against Chicago. Boston at home. Last game on the road at Cleveland. So I see that as about 15 tough games in the second half stretch leading into the postseason for Milwaukee. Now, what about the Bulls? What games do I claim is being very tough for Chicago that could, of course, be losses? Well, I got them playing Memphis at home. That's absolutely going to be a tough game. They faced them before. Grizzlies took care of business. But again, Bulls were very injured. On the road against Miami, Bulls have not been able to figure out the heat. They get Milwaukee at home. 
They're on the road against Philly, and the Sixers have had the Bulls numbers. Uh, that's for sure. They can't stop Embiid. You get Cleveland at home, on the road against Utah, on the road against Phoenix, on the road against Milwaukee. You're in Cleveland to play the Cavs. You get Miami again, but at home. Then one more time with Milwaukee, and then finally you get Boston at home. So overall, I see about 15 tougher games for Milwaukee than I see 12 to Chicago. Now, that's not a guarantee that it's going to have the advantage in favor of the Bulls. Realistically, with these tougher games, as we have seen this season, the Bucks have a better chance of winning those tougher games than the Bulls do probably as of this moment because of those injuries is because, really, you just look at them against these this fierce competition, and they haven't had that much success. Again, kind of got to put it into perspective with them with a healthy roster. But that's maybe another reason that you could consider this value with Chicago. If they can keep this two-game lead all while they're getting healthier and healthier, assuming Zach Levine will be back after the All-Star break, and he can maybe get Caruso in a week or two, then you're just waiting on Lonzo Ball and Patrick Williams. And you're bringing on Tristan Thompson. Say what you want about the guy, but at least he'll add depth and can bang down low with some of the other big bodies that have been tormenting Chicago this season. So I'm just looking at it in the perspective that, hey, you're giving us that value of plus 230 and a two-game lead with a Bulls team that's only going to be getting healthier, ideally. That's hard to ignore. I'm not saying I'm playing it right now, but I think that's something to keep our eye on and keep on our radar as we get into the back half stretch of this season. And I'm not saying the Bulls are a better team than Milwaukee, folks. I get it. They just won a championship, and who knows? They could probably replicate it. But this isn't a bet on what they can do in the postseason or what they can do in a seven-game series. It's what these teams can do in the remainder of this season. The Bulls have been a squad, and we saw this back in the Derrick Rose days when they had the uh, the dominating team with Miami with Chris Bosh, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade. Like, Chicago would do very well in those games because that was almost their championship aspect and environment during the regular season. And during the postseason, well, it was a different story because he had the familiarity. It's a seven-game series. But the Bulls are a team where they're not clearly the front runners. They play very tough against stiff competition during the course of a regular season. Doesn't mean it's going to translate to the postseason, but all we are talking about here is who can finish atop of the other for the Central Division. Now, Cleveland, yes, you can make a case for them at 3-1, but realistically, I think it is going to come down between Chicago and Milwaukee. What you also have to ponder is, and I get we're getting into the, the back end of this season, so it's a little bit different, and maybe you can't argue it as much, but the championship hangover for Milwaukee. Maybe this team gets a little bit complacent after the All-Star break. They go, hey, we were in the spot last season being a deep run in the postseason. We won the championship. You know what? If we don't get the one seed, we don't need it. We'll get enough home, home court advantage throughout the postseason, and we, can, and we know we have confidence, and we had confidence that we can handle whichever team is ahead of us leading up to that point, if it's the Bulls, for example. So, again, I think this is just one of those futures bets that you should keep an eye out for. And originally, like two weeks ago, the odds were actually a little bit closer to where Milwaukee was only a slight favorite. You're only laying a little bit of juice. And I was actually considering laying it with Milwaukee, but now they're up to minus 167. I mean, the Bulls just went into the All-Star break on a five-game win streak. Milwaukee still has a tough test tonight. We'll see if the odds alter whatsoever based on how they fare against the Sixers. But if they win, man, I mean, I don't know. Could be interesting to look at the Bulls plus 230 see if you get a little bit better value or not. But there's not that much parity in terms of these division bets. The Central Division is really the only one where you can make a case for one or two teams, 
and then even three teams with Cleveland. So again, I think this is something you should monitor, and we'll keep updating it as we get closer to the end of the season. I mean, ideally, we have this trigger pulled, whether it's the Bucks or the Bulls, on some good value before it gets too late. But I just wanted to throw that out there now so we could all be cognizant of it and we could see where this value goes because there could be a point to where maybe the Bucks get in a tough little stretch here with this brutal schedule and the Bulls with reinforcements coming along the way could get some dubs in line and that value may not be there by that time. So again, something to be aware about. All right, coming up next, we're going all over the place with our guy, host of the DC CityCast, Frank Hanran. He will be joining us. We'll talk Wizards, we'll talk Capitals and Commanders. Seems weird to say it, but hey, it is what it is. We got Frank's takes on all of that. Coming up next, it is Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm -hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion and surrounding your local teams, well, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up multiple episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Welcome back to Rush Hour on this Thursday evening. Thank you for being with us. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Joining us now, speaking of the CityCast, how about the host of the DC CityCast, 
joining us right now, Frank Hanrahan, at Hanrahan on the tweets. And, Frank, uh, we've got plenty of Washington, D.C. action to look ahead to tonight. But first and foremost, because we haven't had you on since it happened, uh, the Washington football team, now better known as the Washington Commanders, your take on the new team name. I think I saw your opinion on it on Twitter, but I need you to let everybody know how you're feeling about the Commanders. <laughs> Here's the thing. If Daniel Snyder loses ownership of the commanders and a new owner comes in, the first thing they should do, Danny, is change the nickname back to whatever they want to do. Because it's all right, look, I'm trying to give it a chance, right? I'm trying. I'm doing my best. The, the nickname's not great. The uniforms are subpar at best. What really annoyed me the most about this is that they didn't have a mascot to go along with it. So what kind of commander are we talking about here? Uh, a field general? Uh, I don't know. What are they in command of? So that that just shows you how much I love the nickname. Uh, it's just a bad a bad nickname. That's that's all I can say about that. And it's not going to change. You know, people are saying, "Oh, you'll get used to it." No, <laughs> I just won't. I, man, it's tough. I mean, look, at first, obviously, people kind of made fun at the Washington football team, but I feel like a lot of people did get used to that because, I mean, that's literally just plain and simple football team. Okay, cool. Commanders just right. seems, I don't know, it just, I, I really can't put it into words, but I definitely have the same sentiment as you. What, what would have been your top choice besides the commanders, like the generals or something like that? Wasn't that in contention? Well, here's the thing. Now that they've, been named the commanders you look at the other nicknames that were out there and you go actually those were actually pretty good like the red wolves was a big one you could yeah. go wolves I, I i like the red hogs just something that was a little more connected to the franchise's history commanders kind of came out of nowhere other thing is you can't really shorten it you can't call them the the, the manders you can't call them the comms i, I heard somebody say this <laughs> week hey let's call them the commas because of dc <laughs> well that doesn't make much sense but it's just, it's, I wish I could find a way to express uh, any liking to it, but there is, there really is no way to do that. So I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I hear you, man. Well, hey, hopefully you're able to adjust at some point, or at least they could put enough talent on that field to make it uh, just, you know, you can, you can bear it, right? I mean, if they're bad, it's going to make it even worse. But with that being said, I know you and I kind of talked about this maybe a month or so ago. When it comes to the draft, because we love betting the draft at Visa, and I'm sure a lot of people do, it's a great market to tap into. What can we expect out of the commanders and what they may do in this upcoming draft? Do you still think it's quarterback first, or will they maybe be somewhat patient in that development for the quarterback position? Yeah, that's a great question. I would actually be uh, a little hesitant to make any moves just quite yet because I think personally they're going to go after a veteran quarterback this offseason by a trade or maybe free agency. I mean, the big buzz this week is Russell Wilson. He's not happy in Seattle. He would make perfect sense here in D.C. So I'm not necessarily thinking they're going to do a rookie a quarterback in the first round. If I was going to bet on a position that the Washington commanders are going to take, I'm thinking wide receiver. So whoever this quarterback is that comes in uh, is going to need help. Terry McLaurin can't carry you so far. They went out and tried to make Curtis Samuel work last year as a free agent. That did not. They need a solid number two wide receiver. So that's where I'm thinking they would go in the first round of the draft. Again, that's if they bring in a known veteran quarterback. 
All right, well, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Frank, let's talk some action we got to look forward to tonight with the Wizards. Now, they're not at home. They're on the road against Brooklyn, but naturally what makes this matchup more interesting, being on the road, is that Brooklyn's at home. No Kyrie Irving, new team all throughout. And the Wizards only catching four in the hook in this spot. Total a low one at 214. You think your Wizards can hang in there tonight against Brooklyn? Actually, yes, and I... I, I... Gave this out as my official release on the DC City cast earlier today. I like the Wizards in this spot. Here's what's dangerous, Danny. It's the last game before the All-Star break for both teams, right? So who's more checked out? Who's looking forward to the break more? That's that's the big question here. But I think with the young Wizards infusion, since they made that trade more, their younger players are getting more minutes. They're certainly in a spot to sort of prove to the coaching staff, hey, I need to play more. So I like the Wizards in this spot, both on a back-to-back, -back, right? The Nets had an impressive come-from-behind victory over the Knicks. by well, They were down by 28. And so I think the, the thinking here is Nets look good, big comeback win. They should take care of home court with the Wizards. I'm going to go contrarian. I like the Wizards in this spot to head off into the All-Star break. Not necessarily a win, but a close loss. And that's why I would take uh, the Wizards tonight plus four and a half at Brooklyn. Yeah, you know, I was eyeing this game, and I think the back-to-back -back for both teams definitely draws some attention. But I want to ask you, I guess, if this is something you maybe notice or just, you know, kind of think of yourself. So both these teams on a back-to-back, -back, as you said, the Wizards lost, a close loss, maybe not too crazy like we saw in that Nets game where they came back from, what, the 28-point deficit? Despite mm -hmm. them winning, I mean, coming back from such a big hole, do you think that would tire them out more so than the Wizards would be in a close loss? Because digging out of the trenches of a 28-point deficit to overcome all of that and have to do another game right the next day, don't you think that would almost give more of a slight edge to the Wizards and more to your case for taking the points? Absolutely. And then you have a guy like Cam Thomas, who is starting to show flashes of being a superstar. Uh, yeah. But that's what's so difficult about the NBA. Can he do it again tonight against the Wizards? I would wager and lean towards no. And again, that's why I like the Wizards in this spot. But yeah, when you dig out of a 28 point hole when everybody's written you off, absolutely. You put uh, a lot of gas out there, but let's see if they can continue it tonight. I, I don't think so. And that's why, again, I like the Wizards in this spot plus four and a half. Uh, we shall see, though, at, you know, a little after 7.30 from Brooklyn. All right, Frank. Well, you like the Wizards tonight. Let me see if you like the Capitals tonight, because I certainly do against the Flyers. And Washington, maybe not necessarily in the best spot right now. They've kind of been an up-and-down type of team, but you still have that raw talent. And what's more beneficial to their case even than that is their opponent tonight, the Flyers, who are not only just terrible, but they're very banged up. Uh, the, the Capitals minus 175 on the road, total at about six. I know it's a steep price, but I got to ride with your Capitals tonight. What do you think? I think so, too. It's about time they get on a, a bit of a streak because they have not won. This is like their first time they're looking to win back-to-back -back games in like a month or so. So they have not been consistent. They're trying to get consistency uh, at the goalie position. Ilya Samsonov has actually uh, played well the last couple times out. So I'm with you here. Yes, you are laying a little bit uh, more than usual. They're sort of a, a big road uh, favorite, which is a little bit unusual. But Yes, in this spot, I'm with you, man. I'm willing to to take that risk. Take the caps. Ovi scored last uh, last game out. Uh, and it's just consistency with this team. And if they're going to be a, a real contender, they're going to have to find it right now. So, yes, I like the caps here on the road tonight against Philly. 
And before we let you go, speaking of them being contenders, do you think the value at 22 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup is worth it? I mean, they really haven't showed a team that can make it that far, but we know hockey is a postseason type of game, right? Just get to the postseason, let the momentum carry you from there on out. And if you got a guy like Ovechkin, well, anything's really possible. I, I like those numbers, and I think it may get even um, actually not as good if they get a veteran netminder. That's the, the the buzz again this week is they're going to bring in a veteran goalie to help them make that run. At 22 to 1, I didn't realize it was that long uh, of, of an odds for the Caps. So, yeah, I love that value. Absolutely. At 22 to 1, why not? I mean, they've got the pedigree. <laughs> they won the Cup three or four years ago. So I, I would, you know, put a little sprinkle on it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, they're tempting you, Frank. You might just have to go pull the trigger on it. It's a good conversation <laughs> for your next DC CityCast episode. So, Frank, uh, we are up against it. But we're going to be rooting for the same sides here. I'll, I'll be sweating that one out with the Wizards and the Nets for you. I'll watch that one. But you and I definitely on the same page for the Capitals. So hopefully we can have ourselves a good night. But thank you again for making some time, my friend. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate you, man. You got it. Be sure to check him out on Twitter at JFrankHanrahan. On the tweets and again, host of the DC CityCast, partnered with Bet Rivers. Multiple episodes a week talking all things DC from the Wizards to the Capitals to the newly named Washington Commanders. I'm sure he'll rant about that plenty on his episodes, which could always be very entertaining. And speaking of entertaining and CityCast, how about next segment, we bring on host of the Los Angeles CityCast. That is Danielle Elvari. And it's always interesting when we get to talk about LeBron James and this Lakers team that is just enduring one tragedy after the next. I mean, losing, 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 and then you're losing Anthony Davis, but they get the win. What can we look forward to with that squad? What about the Clippers? And how did she celebrate the Rams winning Super Bowl 56? All of that will be discussed next right here on Rush Hour. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. And has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from right now through the College Basketball Championship on April 4th and for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit vsin.com slash madness to sign up today. That's vsin.com slash madness. All righty, welcome back to it. It is Rush Hour here on vsin, the sports betting network. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Windy City. Joining us with a lot better weather out on the West Coast from Los Angeles, it is Danielle Alvari, host of the LA City Cast. Danielle, our guy Stafford, finally came through for us. He won it all. I know you came on Rush Hour. You came on Point Spread Sunday to talk about some of your bets. But for some of the people who have been following along but just want to revisit it, how did your Sunday go? I know you had the first half bet that was looking pretty decent for the Rams for most of the way. Um, did that one push, though? I can't recall exactly. But overall, how did your it bets did do on Sunday? Oh, that's right. 
It okay. did end up pushing, which was actually my best case scenario because before the game, as promised, I went back in and added a couple more bets. And I'm glad I did because <laughs> the two bets that I added about 45 minutes before the game actually ended up cashing. So if I hadn't had those, I actually would have had a much worse Sunday. Uh, for some reason, my best bets come right before game time. But I did add under 23 and a half in the first half of the Super Bowl, which I don't Ooh. know if you remember, it was 13 to 10 at halftime. So that barely cashed. And then, of course, Rams minus three pushed. So that was actually my best case scenario, because if I was going to lose one of those, I'd rather push the minus three and win that under for the first half. Uh, Burrow did not go over his rushing yards for me, but I think a lot of people had that. A lot of people were surprised to see that. I had Stafford to win the MVP just because I thought that's my safe Rams money line bet, but no Cooper cup comes in and swoops it away. And I'm perfectly fine with that because he absolutely de deserved it. Um, even though I know a lot of people were grumbling and wishing that they could get an Aaron Donald vote on that, which <laughs> also you could completely convince me of that as well. But uh, I had OBJ anytime touchdown. And then something I added before halftime, each team, 10 points in each half and that cashed. Oh. It was plus 450. That was my best one. Wow. Awesome job. And uh, yeah, hand up. I am of uh, the company of Aaron Donald. Wish I got him 18-1, but I still had some piece of Cooper Cup at 6-1, so I can't be too salty. But what I am still kind of salty about, but it's kind of funny now, uh, Hacker, he's fumbling that extra point, right? Because I had minus four. At least you had minus three. And then he comes on Twitter like the next day or two days later, like, I don't care about your bets or whatever. He's like, dude, come on. You at least got to show some sympathy to us. At least you were able to beat it, though. Yeah, I know. I did think that that was going to come in and uh, bite me later, but it turns out it actually saved my under 23 and a half in the first half. So I actually am on the side of thank you. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But no, that's awesome. Glad you had a solid Super Bowl Sunday. But now we've got a lot more to look forward to. We've got Kyle Troops, which we'll get your thoughts on momentarily. But I do want to start out with the NBA. Now, this Lakers team can't catch a break whatsoever, Danielle. And at the same time, do they really deserve one? Who knows? That's uh, that's up to the crowd to decide. But they finally get, what, a great performance against Utah. LeBron's going out, but at the expense of Anthony Davis, right? They say he's out somewhere between two to four weeks. But, man, I mean, that, that ankle injury just looks so gruesome. I, what do you think the future is for Davis and this team overall with that injury now? Well, it seems like all they're catching is breaks or I guess sprains, really. It's just been an injury riddled season for this Lakers team. So it's just it's really frustrating. And you hear the coaches talk about it you hear Vogel or LeBron talk about this. And it's just them having to overcome adversity is how they look at this season. That said, it's hard for me to feel bad for a team that has LeBron James on it. Right. I mean, he scored, what, 15 of his 33 points in the fourth quarter of that game versus the Jazz. So now his career best streak, by the way, 23 straight games scoring 25 or more points. I mean, the Lakers are still going to stay in the mix for playoffs for me. They'll probably get the play in. They're just behind the Nuggets, I believe, in the sixth seed. So if they can get the seven or eight seed, you win that first play in game. It's not all is lost for this Lakers team as long as LeBron James is still going. It's just unfortunate that so much of this has to fall on his shoulders. But it just goes to show you, even with AD out in that whole second half of the Jazz game, they still got this done. Um, Aaron Donald was on the sideline of this game, so maybe they can do something with him. You know, I know he has some time on his hands. I don't know what to say for this poor Lakers team. Yeah, any help they could get, I'm sure they'll take it. And really quick, last thing on the Lakers here, Danielle, I'm sure on local talk radio and just even some national media, the conversation seems to be coming up about the future of the Lakers because they don't have any draft compensation, right? They don't really have young studs that they could dish off, per se. And the rumor is, well, maybe you get rid of Anthony Davis, especially after another injury, and that's really the best you could do to get some guys in return. 
Do you think that could actually happen heading into this offseason, the departure of Anthony Davis? Because the Lakers are kind of stuck in no man's land right now. It's really tough, but it seems like that would be more beneficial for them, or at least people would be more interested in getting Anthony Davis than, say, a Russell Westbrook, who also has this big contract. And unfortunately, at what point do we say this Anthony Davis thing didn't really pan out, right? I mean, it right. did in some ways. It had its returns already, but maybe we're past that point now. And if they do want to have a shot at having a future, maybe it is getting rid of Anthony Davis. It is kind of crazy to consider that those are the headlines, though. I literally saw those popping up and was like, are we talking about this? And and I think that it makes sense that what else do they have really asset wise? They're not exactly rich in that category. All right. Well, let's go to the other L.A. team, the Clippers. We know they've been dealing with injuries all season and this season, really a foregone conclusion in terms of how deep they can go in the postseason if they're able to get there and remain there. But next year, you can maybe get them back in the mix. But of course, we're focused on tonight. They're an 11 point favorite at home against the Rockets total at 227 and a half. Anything you liked for this matchup preflop? So this one was a little interesting to me. Obviously it's the Rockets, So I'd love to look at an over, uh, especially because most of the Rockets games go that way. I mean, right now they're allowing like 123.6 points per hundred possessions just in the last month. They're averaging about 109 themselves. The Clippers are allowing something like 115, which puts them 20th in the NBA, which normally this is a defense that's usually in the top five or top 10 in that category. On the offensive side of things, things have improved for the Clippers a little bit, averaging around 113 points per possessions or points per 100 possessions in the last month, which is great for them relative to earlier in the season. All of that to say, I don't know how this is going to look right before the All-Star break. The Rockets had to play the Suns just last night, a game that they actually kept really, really close. Uh, they only lost by three. It was on the road. They're on the road again. So that's the only thing that keeps me away from betting the over for this game. Um, but do I want to lay 11 and a half? With the Clippers, not really, not in a game. Uh, if you can get less than double digits live, then maybe play that. But uh, I don't really want to bet on either of these teams, the Rockets offensive production uh, or the Clippers to cover double digit spread. All right, Danielle. Well, another matchup with basketball that we're seeing having a double digit spread. Your alma mater, UCLA, hosting Washington State this evening. The Bruins a 10 point favorite. Total as low as 129. Juice a little bit on the over. How do you think your squad is going to fare tonight? Well, I can always rely on the Bruins defense that I know and Washington State actually not too shabby in the defensive category either. They're actually 21st in Ken Palm's adjusted defensive efficiency and numbers kind of jump out to me as well from Ken Palm 14th in steal percentage 13th in non steal turnover percentage. That means they're going to be creating a lot of opportunities for possibly second chance points for themselves. Um, 27th in offensive rebounding for Washington State as well. So what the Bruins are going to need to do is limit those second chance opportunities. Fortunately, the Bruins do a really good job of taking care of the ball that summer where they're strong. They have more to play for. I think here, I don't think Washington state still thinks it's in the mix, but maybe it does. That said, UCLA's only covered one of their last four games. They've lost three of their last four. They've really been struggling with their offense lately. If Tiger Campbell is your biggest scorer, that's a problem when you have Johnny Juzang on your team. Uh, but Washington State's offense is not very good. Both defenses are very good. So I actually want to look to under 129 for this. I actually got under 129 and a half for this game. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be looking for. I also saw that the first half points total was 60 and a half. And I couldn't even find wow. a game that the Bruins didn't go over that or Washington State. So I took over 60 and a half for the first half too. So an over and an under. Let's see if both can cash.
Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, considering it's about 129 and then the first half is 60 and a half, doesn't necessarily correlate. So yeah, good eye. We'll see if we can yeah. get some of those numbers available. And uh, Danielle, really quick, last play, the Trojans, a team I know you're not too fond of, especially after their last matchup against the Bruins. They're laying 11 in the hook against Washington tonight. 10.30 p.m. Central Time tip. Anything worth betting as of now? I bet on this game. I don't normally bet on USC games, but I bet on an alternate line, Washington plus 10. Now, this is 11 and a half. Why would I not just do that? Uh, but I got this at plus 120. The last time that USC beat a team by 10 or more was, I mean, January, mid-January. They're just not blowing teams out right now, and they've played a lot of those same teams already. They've been closer games. So I think that Washington's going to keep this in the mix. So I took Washington plus 10, plus 120, and maybe that's like a little snub to USC, but that's what I got. <laughs> I like it. All right, Danielle. Thank you, as always, for making some time. Keep up the great work with the City Cast, and we'll look forward to catching up next week, as always. Thanks, Danny. At Danielle Alvari on Twitter is where you can follow her. Again, host of the Los Angeles City Cast. Great content for all things LA. Smart bets all around. She crushed it during the football season. And now that we're fully getting in to the basketball season, both NBA and college hoops, she has got you covered. And hopefully we do too, because coming up next, Danny's Dimes, one play on the ice and one prop on the hardwood. Stick around, I'll tell you what that is next. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. No more football, no problem, because Bet River Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, along with much more. So don't miss out on Bet River's many daily specials, or you could try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with live after football with the Bet Rivers app. Final segment on this Thursday evening. Thank you for being with us. The network is VEASAN. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. On Twitter, you can follow me at DannyBurke5 and at VEASAN Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Since it is our final segment, we haven't dished out any plays for myself. You know it is that time, so let's get into it, folks. It is that time for 
Danny's dimes here on Rush Hour. We've got one play at basketball and one play on the ice with some hockey. Coming off a nice clean sweep last evening. Looking to keep things going, folks. So let's begin in the NBA with a matchup we did preview already with Frank Hanrahan. That is going to be the Nets hosting the Wizards. But I'm not looking at the full scope of this game. I'm looking at a player prop. And the player that stood out to me was Patty Mills. Now, I want to talk about a couple different things with him and his props, but there's going to be one specifically that I'm playing. So first things first, let's look at his points prop of 13 and a half. The over is minus 108. The under is minus 118 at Bet Rivers. So the juice is on the under. However, I disagree with that. I think it should be the opposite. And let me tell you why. So Patty Mills is a guy offensively where 69% of his shots are coming from beyond the arc. That puts him in the 96th percentile, folks. He's making 42% of his three-point attempts. That puts him in the 90th percentile. Pretty dang good. Now, the matchup tonight for Patty Mills against the Wizards could be a favorable one, considering that the Wizards are allowing opponents to connect on 36% of their shot attempts from three. That puts him 17th in the association looking at the overall numbers for patty mills this season he's averaging 13 to uh, 13.2 points per game and three point field goals wise he's making 3.23 on 7.7 attempts he has played washington three times this season let me give you those numbers the first go around against the wizards he went five and nine from beyond the arc totaled 21 points next go around against washington Five of seven from beyond the arc, 17 points. Then the third game on the road against Washington, one of four from beyond the arc, only tallied seven points. What's the common theme there? Well, the two games that he went over, the Brooklyn Nets played at home. Ding, 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 no Kyrie Irving. The one game on the road that they played the Wizards, Patty Mills stayed under with only seven points. Guess how much Kyrie had in that game? 31. So with Kyrie Irving being absent, that opens the door for plenty more opportunities for Patty Mills to thrive from beyond the arc against a team that really doesn't defend the three-point range too successfully. So again, this opens up so many more avenues for Patty Mills. And if you look at what he's done overall this season with a points prop of 13 and a half, out of 57 games, he's gone over it 25 games. Not terrible, not the best. But because I listed out all those numbers, almost 70% of his shots came from three. Washington does not defend the three pretty well. And he, what, got five of nine threes the first go-round versus Washington, five of seven the second game. Instead of sweating out the 13 and a half, you could maybe just look at his three-point field goals made prop. Now, the number's at two and a half, so he could go over the two and a half and still stay under his points prop, right? I mean, he could get three threes, get nine, four threes, get 12. So at two and a half, the over is about minus 131. Under is even money. I played the over for his three-point field goals made tonight for Patty Mills. Again, he went five and nine beyond the, uh, from beyond the arc the first time versus Washington, five of seven the second time, and then when Kyrie was playing, only went one of four. So he's gone over it in two out of three games. But remember, his points prop, he went over it in 25 out of 57 games. So 
What did he do this whole season thus far in terms of going over two and a half, three-point field goals made? The number changes to him going over this prop in 33 out of 57 games. An eight-game difference, eight more times has he gone over this prop compared to his points prop at 13 and a half. So for all those reasons stated, the favorable matchup, majority of his shots come from there. He's going to have to amp up the production because of no Kyrie Irving. He's gone over it a lot more times in the points prop. I got to go with Patty Mills tonight over two and a half, three-point field goals made at minus 131. Not ideal to lay that juice on the prop, but it's better than getting a three in the hook, in my opinion, for the number because I probably wouldn't have played it then. So I think you're getting a good spot with two in the hook being the number of three-point field goals made, and I'm fine laying minus 131. So that's what I did for Patty Mills tonight against the Washington Wizards. So that's what I got rolling in the NBA. Let's switch things up and talk some hockey. Again, I didn't mean to correlate this Washington theme because of Frank, but it just so happened to work out that way. The play I did have on the ice this evening is the Washington Capitals minus a buck 75 on the road against the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, if you subscribe to VSIN, Hopefully you're able to read Andy McNeil's NHL write-up. If not, go check it out, VSIN.com. He does NHL every day. Jonathan Bontobel does NBA every day, along with much more content on the website. But I always refer to both of their write-ups, respectively, when I'm looking to handicap these games. And one of the games that Andy was pretty fond of was this one. Andy trended toward taking Washington. Now, looking at this matchup, originally it opened like minus 170 or so for Washington, and now they're up to minus 177 at Bet Rivers. So not huge movement, but it's probably because they were already a steep favorite to begin with. So looking at the Flyers, we know how bad they've been this season. I mean, we've talked about it a ton, but if you don't know, they've been terrible, flat out. And they're on a three-game losing streak, and they just lost another player to injury. I mean, talk about not catching breaks. This team is at the top of the list. Uh, they just lost another guy last night. They already had Kevin Hayes, who was out, Sean Coutier, uh, Ryan Ellis, and Derek Versailles. I mean, so many guys are out for Philly as of this point. So factor in the injuries, factor in they're on a three-game losing streak and just an awful team, it would match up pretty well for Washington, you would think. And, hey, maybe you got more incentive because the first matchup between these teams this season back in November 6th, Philly actually got the job done 2-1. to one. So the Flyers also, furthermore, some stats that Andy McNeil threw out there in his write-up. They're the fifth-worst team on defense, according to Evolving Hockey's expected goals model. And Martin Jones, who's going to be the goalie for the Flyers, has allowed approximately six goals above expected on the season. So speaking of Martin Jones, let's get into his numbers a little bit more so. Oddly enough, he was a net when they beat the Capitals earlier this season. But ever since then, it's really been a mess. Overall, he is 6-8-2 this season while tending the net. His goals against average is 3.6. Save percentage of 90%. Furthermore, let's expound on it. How does he do at home ice? Oh, probably pretty good, right? I mean, it's easier to do well at home, typically. Well, not so much for Martin Jones. He's 2-2-1 two, two on home ice. 4.15 goals against average. Yikes. And a save percentage of sub-90%. Now, again, in that game versus Washington, he saved 31 out of 32 shots. But you look at what he's done more recently, people. He's lost his last five consecutive starts. And you're getting Samson up in the net for Washington, who's been pretty solid. He's had his rocky moments. But oddly enough, we talk about Martin Jones struggling at home. Uh, Samsonov has actually done very well on the road, 9-2-1 and one 
2.74 goals against average, save percentage of 92%, and he's got two shutouts on the road. Overall this season, Samsonov is 16-7-3, 2.83 goals against average, 91% with his saves, and overall, he's got three shutouts. So I'm not in love. Again, we talk about laying high prices. I'm not in love with it. In hockey, we tend to be a little bit more flexible with how much we're laying compared to other sports. If it's a good situational spot, I think it's worth it. And for this spot tonight, I do think it's worth it. And this game is going to start about five minutes. So ideally, if you want to get involved, you do it sooner rather than later. But Andy McNeil, I mean, also what he was saying, I mean, he always has his price and what the odds should be set at. And he had the Capitals over $2 as the favorite. So that's why he was chomping at the bit to get involved with this. And I agree with him here. So I laid about minus 175 with Washington. What it comes down to, more so than just throwing all those numbers out there and everything surrounding it, is just the raw talent, right? I mean, Washington's still in contention to maybe, hopefully, make a run in the postseason. You still got Ovechkin. You still got this veteran-laden squad. They've dealt with injuries themselves, but the Flyers have just been so bad. And I don't want to say inconsistent because they've been consistently bad, and I don't think it's going to get any easier tonight. So, again, I'm playing Washington on the money line, minus 175 on the road against the Philadelphia Flyers. So that's what we're rolling with tonight on the puck. And for the NBA, in case you missed it, we got one player prop this evening. That is Patty Mills. Over two and a half, three-point field goals made at the price of minus 131. Best of luck if you tail. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Rush Hour. Until tomorrow, again, enjoy all the games, cash some winners, and take care, folks. We'll see you then. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 